So the idea is that when we enter the Sanctum Sanctorum, first of all, we are moving with the belief that we are playing with living energy. That it's living energy we are we are trying to invoke and that that energy has been staying there even when we were not chanting. So we first want to knock on the door before we enter. And we also want to alert any little microorganisms. In the olden days, those would be usually, you know, with cow dung and mud and so on. So the mantra would be Om, or just Hreem Astrae Fat. And with that, they would usually strike with the right heel three times on the floor. The idea was that little organisms and, uh, like microbes and would, would move away and then you are walking on a clean path, not accidentally killing any creature. And when I talk about living energy, there is one story that comes to my mind. I don't know if I should tell you a story now or tomorrow and focus on the steps now. It's a beautiful, beautiful, real life story. So tomorrow? Okay. There was a lady and I, I knew her ever since I was a child. But ever since I was a child, ever since I kind of I can recall, I only ever saw her washing dishes and cleaning homes in our neighborhood. But she wasn't born like that. She was married to a normal person who used to earn, who was a government uh, employee, but he died very young. And this lady had four children. But she was completely unlettered, completely illiterate. And she didn't know anything like in terms of writing or anything. So the, the government could not offer her a job in, the, in lieu of her husband. They said when your son or daughter grows up, when they are past 18, they can have a job, but you can't have a job for the next, you know, 14 odd years or so. She said, okay. And then she started doing dishes at people's places, cleaning their rooms and, and mopping and sweeping and so on. But she had great faith in Shiva. And only once her guru said to her, chant Om Namah Shivaya. She said, okay, that's the mantra for me. It has come from your holy mouth. Now that is the mantra I will chant. And only once five or six years, she would save some money and go and see her guru. Because she couldn't afford to leave her kids behind. She couldn't afford to take a day off. And she was barely making ends meet. So she lived an extremely austere life. Her name was Kalavati. But the thing about her was, as she started doing the chanting, and I've seen this with my own eyes as I grew up, her hair became matted. You know, she developed matted locks. And there was this glow, this radiance on her face that was almost unearthly. That was so divine. You could not look at her and guess her age. 
So she started just chanting day in, day out, day night, evening, morning, night, everything. And she came to Matarani as well, and Matarani said, look, you are such an such a devotee, such an ardent devotee of Shiva, there is no way that I would let you touch our, you know, dirty dishes. But I will pay you whatever I can, but please, we don't want you to do dishes in our home and so on. And she was very close to Matarani. So one time, uh, she came to our home and she said to my mother, she said, and I was sitting there when it happened, because I was also very close to her, and I would go and meet her every now and then. She said, you people are looking for a match for your daughter. And nobody in the neighborhood even knew about it, and that we were looking for a match for my sister. And my mother said, yeah, that's right. She came on her, on her own. and." She came, she said, the first word she said, you're looking for a match for your daughter. To my mother, she said, yes. Tomorrow, she said, some people are coming to see her. And indeed, some people were supposed to come the next day. The, the boy, she said, will be wearing a striped shirt. Of course, that we didn't know at the time. And we just kept quiet. They will come in a white car, she said. And he'll be a bit raised, a bit, bit high. She didn't know what that, what could that be. And they would stay a bit longer than, than necessary. They will have to. And she said, your daughter will get married there. So Matarani, of course, was very happy, as you can imagine. <laughs> so, well, the next day, these people came in an SUV, and it was a white-colored SUV. And he was wearing a shirt with uh, stripes. He got down from the car and so on, but accidentally he left the key in the car. So when it was time for them to leave, he was looking all in his pockets, there was no key to be found. And then he realized the key is in the car. And they tried getting it unlocked, but nobody could do it. Then they called uh, somebody. They eventually broke the, the glass and then took the key out. So all these things happened exactly the way she had predicted, except one thing. My sister didn't get married there. She did not marry this person. And then uh, Kalavati, she came and she spoke to my mother. She said, I don't know, I, I only said what I, I only spoke what I saw. There comes a time in the life of every sadhak when you actually develop very deep intuitive powers. Your faculties get sharpened, get chiseled, get you know, more, more and more precision by the day. But intuition does not speak words in holds. Intuition only speaks just yes, no, maybe this time, that time. It's not like full essay reading, you know. The moment you start to speak a lot, you're actually putting in your own words. So she wanted her to get married there, and that's where her emotional detachment came into play.
and that word did not become true so some more time passed and i would go to her very often very often being once in three months you know once in a couple of months or three months so she would uh, chant she would call me herself actually and she would just uh, bless me never taking anything whenever i offered anything in return and then one day she said uh, very soon you will leave this country and it actually happened that way a few months later i was gone when i went back the first time to india this lady she was actually if i may put it she was actually getting younger this every time you would look at her face she was glowing you know like because she was working all the time it was her face looked like little bit like burnt copper but this glow this radiance was unmistakable of course her heels were were in a very bad shape but her face was just like not from that body and the the energy of the mantra she kept on building for decades and gradually she was old and when i met her she just used to live in a small room that had tin a, a roof made of tin and it gets very hot in india so i said to her i said look please can i uh, you know build you a new room i can afford to help you that way right now can i build you a new room she said my children will not be happy with it uh, they could not see her divinity she said they would not be happy with it if i built a new room because they'll say you're spending so much money i said look you don't have to spend a penny she said i know but they won't be happy so i don't want to i said can i get you an air conditioner she said of course not and that would be catastrophic plus i'm happy as it is at least a water cooler she said no i said let me build a room it's okay they won't see anything you know she said okay i will let you know i'll let you know she said i said you can take the money now and you can keep it and then whenever it's time you can build she said no i don't want to keep the money uh, now so i will let you know she said then one year passed one year passed and i spoke to matarani and i said you know i i i gave her my word i will build her a room and she has not taken the money she's not contacted you and it's weighing down on me big time now please just take the money i'm wiring some money take the money just leave it at her doorstep i don't care i just give it to her and then she can do whatever she likes with it so matarani handed her the money and so on with each passing moment she not was only chanting the mantra she became one with the mantra what a perfect example of somebody who was doing who's washing dishes who's doing housekeeping in people's homes but actually it has reached such a divine state that when you entered her room that little room with tin hut she just had a picture of shiva and a lamp and of course her asan that's where she would chant day and night just one mantra she knew om namah shivaya none of the other things just bit of purification chanting that mantra it was almost as if the walls of that room chanted om namah shivaya when you would go in her room 
and she would bless with a lot of vigor, you know, on, on, on my back. I don't know if she blessed everybody like that. I didn't see her calling other people, but that was my personal experience. And gradually, as she became uh, more and more aware, she was perfectly aware of when she would die and, and so on. And then she stopped talking, she stopped doing dishes, she just lived in that room, taking one meal a day, sometimes not even that. Reaching that state of enlightenment where you are completely self-sufficient. Really, there is nothing beyond that in, in, the, in the journey of enlightenment. You are so self-sufficient that you never look up to anybody for anything at all. So she was just in that room. She would just chant Om Namah Shivaya, Om Namah Shivaya, Om Namah Shivaya, Om Namah Shivaya. Day and night. She would wake up like midnight, chant till the morning. She would sleep whenever she would feel like and then chant the rest of the time. As time progressed, she became more and more radiant. That she could actually bless you with simply just her gaze, just by looking at you or maybe just by thinking about you. And the most beautiful part is, you know, as I say, pain is inevitable, suffering is optional. There was no suffering in her life anymore. And she lived her whole life quietly, even though every imaginable problem you could think of existed in her family, her kids not respecting her, wanting all sorts of things, and not even sometimes feeding her properly, taking what she was earning, she, her losing her husband at an early age. Anyway, so Palavati, in all this, was unmoved. It's not that she did not feel the pain. It's just that nothing in the world could shake her faith. And she had successfully segregated her faith from fulfillment of desires. She was no longer looking at faith in terms of, if my faith is true, I will get this thing done. If my faith is right, this thing will happen in my life. If my God is real, then I will get this, I will never fall sick, and so on and so forth. But she passed away as quietly as she lived. No disease, no pain, no medicine, no visits to any doctor, nothing. Just quietly she was able to leave her body. And something that happens, I'm not saying something in terms of no pain, the ability to completely detach yourself from all that's going on around you comes when you start to imbibe the living energy of the mantra in your mind. When you start to soak it up like a sponge. And that's why when we enter Sanctum Sanctorum, the altar, we don't just make it a mechanical activity, thinking, okay, now step number three, I'm just going to bang, 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 <laughs> here you come. It's, you know, it's not that. The day you feel very mechanical in your approach, I would recommend that day, take a break. If you feel the same the next day, take a break again. 
let your devotion you know knock on the hearts on the door of your heart before you pick up the beads again when you make something without just any feeling in it it'll just become a dry ritual and it will not yield results when you do a purusharana invocation where you have promised that i'm going to do it over 40 days there your hands are tied a bit but in your nitya karma in your daily routine don't make it a daily thing if you don't feel that sentiment that feeling within